circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. This week on Full Circle, we focus our attention with the rest of the world on the ongoing attempted genocide in Palestine. On tonight's show, we'll hear an interview with Palestinian-American and social justice activist Leila Darwish as she shares her thoughts on her family in Palestine and her silencing on social media and what we can do to help. After that, we'll hear excerpts from the Indigenous Solidarity Rally for Palestine that was just held in Oakland last night. All that and some community announcements tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Feeble and Franklin. I'm coming to you from downtown Antioch. This here is Bay Miwok territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Full Circle on KPFA Radio. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I'm your host tonight, Freewell and Franklin. And before we get into our interview and our sounds from the rally for Palestine last night, I just want to make a couple quick community announcements. First off, tomorrow, November 11th, Reimagine Antioch, which I am a member of, will be holding a rally on the steps of the Antioch Police Department to demand justice and accountability for their racist, hateful, and violent behavior towards the Antioch community. A recent article that came out this week in the East County Times reveals that the now acting chief, Chief Vigil, and the acting chief before that, Moorefield, in their roles as supervisors, signed off as justified the violence committed on the Antioch community including the use of dogs and less-than-lethal weapons shot at unarmed people at close range. Folks will be gathering at the Antioch Police Department, 300 L Street, at noon, and speakers will be going on at 1 p.m., and it looks like we may have some special guests from San Jose who have just recently uncovered their own text message scandal. Again, that's tomorrow out here in Antioch, people will be gathering at noon at the Antioch Police Department, 300 L Street in downtown Antioch, and we'll begin our speakers about 1 p.m. And also for our folks in Fresno listening on KFCF, tomorrow in Fresno, there will be a Stand Up for Palestine rally. People will be gathering at 5 p.m. at Blackstone and Knees. They are inviting you to come raise your voice for Palestine. Again, that's for our Fresno folks. Raise your voice from Palestine, 5 p.m. at Blackstone and Knees, N-E-E-S. 
And speaking of standing up for Palestine, I'm very excited to get to our special guest and our sounds from the Indigenous Solidarity Rally for Palestine that was held last night in downtown Oakland. First off, to get us going in the right way, I'm going to kick it off uh, this part of the show with a poem that was performed last night at the Indigenous Solidarity Rally for Palestine. This is Sharif Zakud of the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. And when we come back, I'll be joined by my special guest, Palestinian-American Leila Darwish. Keep it locked right here to Full Circle on KPFA. And I'll be real with you, it's really hard for me. I'm a cultural worker and it's been very difficult in this moment to feel like I need to express that. But it's also necessary for us to keep maintaining ourselves in the long run. This is a poem that I did, I wrote eight years ago that sadly rings true today. It's called From Stolen Land to Stolen Land. This is for that kid in Gaza searching for Superman who sees Apache copters dropping bombs that shake the land. Whoa, damn, this preposterous. Open air prisons hit with clouds of white phosphorus. The rocket took his father, the shrapnel it hit his sister, big brother became a martyr to fight off unwanted visitors. And you know where I stand. Resist, respect that because you ain't getting hit. And if you were, I'm sure you probably think the opposite. And in 1948, didn't hesitate to shoot, displaced most of our populations time and time from their roots. Then they tried to hide the proof. Looks like 1492, different time, different place, the same white supremacist rule. Now I'm living in a land where the land sees me as an enemy, no liberty. If you ought to be, then a guarantee that the FBI got an eye on the people who they set to spy. House arrest, stop and frisk, Fund occupation through the colleges. BDS, yes, BDS. Then they hit you with a claim you a terrorist. On the terror list, on the precipice, drone take out another nemesis. Weapons tested in the Gaza Strip, sold to our pigs and they copy it. What the f seen every day? Views on the news getting us played. We gotta mobilize, we gotta organize, and if one dies, then another 10 will rise. We about return and liberation. From Turtle Island to Palestine with self-determination. We'll replant every tree, rebuild every home. And until we see that day, our resistance lives on. Cease fire now! Cease fire now! Cease fire now! Thank you. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 KPFA and kpfa.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network, and you're listening to Full Circle, produced, hosted, and engineered by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. And tonight, as a lot of folks have been doing, and rightly so on KPFA, we're going to bring the attention back to Palestine. And I feel personally like a lot of us are feeling helpless to stop the actual bombs and the ongoing genocide that's happening right before our, our eyes. Um, the numbers are uh, staggering still and just expected to increase. Over 10,000 people killed um, an estimated half of those are children and whole neighborhoods have been leveled hospitals, schools, ambulance, caravans, refugee camps, exact evacuation zones. Um, it doesn't matter. It, it's getting bombed. And 
Um, someone I've met through social media is going to be joining us tonight. Um, her name is Layla Darwish, and she's a Palestinian living here uh, with us in the United States. She was raised in Palestine during the Second Intifada. I believe that was the early 2000s. And she has given speeches in front of the White House. She speaks at churches, universities, on other radio shows. And she's always active when it comes to Palestine. And um, first off, Layla, thank you for joining us tonight on KPFA in Full Circle. Thank you for having me. And like I mentioned just now, I kind of seen you on social media and uh, I feel like, as I said a moment ago, we're all struggling to like, what can we do way over here? How can we physically stop these bombs? Um, and I see, like, I could feel the anguish in your words and like the, the help you want, but you, you can't provide. So you do what you can tell me really how you're feeling at this moment with, um, just what's happened over these last 30 days. That's a tough question, um, but the best way I could describe it is it feels like I'm grieving and I'm in this ongoing grieving process. And I lost my father, uh, recently, and it's just made it even more harder for me because I just being there with my father while I was alone with him in the hospital as um, he was dying, I was crying and I was asking him to please stay alive so we could go back to Palestine. Just just make it through so we can go back to Jerusalem, where we're from. And I didn't get that, you know. It was his time and I guess I could say I'm lucky enough to have been there with him when he did pass away. And now with what's going on in Palestine, this this entire year, every day, a Palestinian was being killed every day. So what started on October 7th wasn't anything like the start of something, like what the media is talking about. You know, mainstream media will say, oh, you know, what happened on October 7th was like Israel's 9-11. You know, that couldn't be further from the truth. Gaza has been under siege for around 17 years now. We're going on 17 years. It's been blockaded through land, sea, and air. And we've been occupied for 75 years. So this didn't just come out of nowhere. Um, so again, it's it's much different this time than any other time. And I, I think I could speak for all Palestinians and even um, strong supporters of Palestine. It just feels like an ongoing traumatic grieving process and it's hard to process and it's hard to go about your day and do your normal daily activities it's it's challenging to even when you want to just you find something funny you feel a sense of guilt for every little thing that you have here that you know they don't have in Palestine, especially in Gaza. So that's pretty much the gist of how I've been feeling. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I think a lot of us are feeling like just ordinary stuff, as you mentioned. Um, It's hard to um, 
for me personally to just do ordinary things. I was supposed to go on this bus trip to the casino and hang out with this uh, group of um, elders in the community that I helped organize. And it's like, how could I even do this right now when all this is happening? So, um, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been rough on the, the mind, the body and the soul. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. And um, can you tell us about your family over there? Have you been in contact with them? Um, you just mentioned that you are from uh, Jerusalem. Um, what are you hearing from your family? Uh, are they safe where they're at? I know really nowhere is safe for mm-hmm. a Palestinian um, right now. I would say I feels like on the planet, if you ask me. Um, there, mm-hmm. that young kid was killed in Chicago. Um, and you also mentioned like Israel's, uh, quote unquote, nine 11, they're delivering a nine 11 on a, a daily basis. And as you mm-hmm. said, it has been, uh, ongoing for all these years. And especially in 2023, it was really, really bad all the way up. And so thank you for clarifying that. Um, I know a lot of us here on KPFA Full Circle and down there with you all, KFCF, um, know more of the history, uh, but I thank you for sharing uh, that as well. But uh, back to your family. Uh, Have you heard from them? How are they doing? And um, what are you hearing from them? So from my family in Jerusalem, they've been quiet on social media. And I think it's because uh, they're at risk that if they post anything about what is happening, they are going to be the target and possibly get arrested and assaulted and even have their house demolished. This is uh, something that I've noticed that was much different than the prior years that Gaza has been bombarded. And it has been happening to people. Um, There have been people in Jerusalem and the West Bank who have been arrested for posting anything about what's happening. Um, So I've noticed that they've been quiet and and they've been, you know, just protecting themselves. You asked me if they're safe. They're safe for now, but it's never safe, especially as the years go by. The settlers have been having sort of like this arrogance um, and and just, you know, they have an endless supply of weapons that even their military and their police departments hand over to them and everybody is armed. Palestinians aren't armed. They don't walk around armed. Um, They're just Palestinian citizens going about their day, commuting, working, living, shopping um, while settlers walk around carrying AK-47s and all all the latest weaponry you can think of from from all ages. Um, But I do have family in Gaza that I've been in contact with. It's it's been since the start about every other day to every two days because of the electricity. Um, The Israeli occupation did bomb the telecommunications tower and they didn't have electricity for some time. They didn't have internet or electricity. And that goes without saying they don't have food or water. And this has been something that um, they've already experienced even before this genocide that's happening uh, this year from October 2023. Um, But what I will say is that my family is, um, one of them is pregnant with their first child 
I haven't heard from them in probably a day and a half, and she's expecting. And I just worry about how she's going to have her first baby with no local anesthesia, with no, um, any, you know, the comfort of what a woman should have, um, especially giving birth to her first child. I mean, imagine what a way to have a baby under this genocide. They've already escaped. Um, they were originally in El Zaytuna refugee camp, and then they escaped to El Nusayrat. And these are areas that are heavily bombed every day. Um, when they were in an UNRWA school, they were sheltering with thousands of people, mainly children. UNRWA school was bombed, and they had to escape and go somewhere else. And um, this is how it's been for them. Then I have another, I have other family that they haven't received their salary in, in over 50 days, you know, because Gaza already has issues. And then on top of that, you have this war on Gaza. It just makes it all the more difficult. Um, the last thing I heard from him, uh, from my family, is that they were okay. But while they were trying to, make bread uh a, they shelled basically they, there was an airstrike and he sent me a video of uh basically the damage from the airstrike basically they're my adopted family they're not family through blood but i've been knowing them for years and helping them out for years and we've come we've become very close that way um for many years now and we've always remained in contact and i know the family very well and um uh yeah so she's she's pregnant with her first child and she has to go through this and of course thousands of women are going through this right now i mean i can't imagine i mean just even just giving birth is is a whole it should be a celebration yet you don't have the luxury women don't have the luxury of experiencing that with this um ongoing siege and and heavy bombardment of um, the bombing of all over the Gaza Strip and um, what makes it even more unsettling and makes me feel even more guilty is this is coming out of my tax dollars, our tax dollars, billions of it. And um, that's something that it, this was one of the main messages I wanted to say, um, touch upon today is I, aside from me wanting to end this genocide, put a, a complete end to this genocide in Palestine, but a total end to the occupation and um, an end to this open check to military aid in Israel. And, it, and I, I will never be, I will never understand how the United States government continues to protect Israel by spending so much, sending so much money of our money, billions of dollars, of taxpayer dollars. And, you know, the United States could use it. We could use it ourselves. I mean, the infrastructure is crumbling. We have homelessness issues. We have, you know, we're, we're in a debt crisis. Inflation is really high. We have all these domestic issues here. And even with what happened in Hawaii and earlier years before in Puerto Rico, and yet... The main concern is sending our money, our tax dollars, billions and billions of them, 
to Israel. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And it's like trying to understand a psychopath or a, a serial killer. You just can't understand them no matter how much you try because you're human and, and you know, they're not. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't understand how this um, just keeps happening. It's It's almost unbelievable, except for we've seen it time and time again. Well, again, I hope that your um, family and your adopted family and friends um, stay safe. And I wish the best for um, the birth of your um, your friend's baby and maybe and hope that something comes for her uh, to make that more bearable and be a, a celebratory moment, as you mentioned. Um, you talked about like the, the social media, not just the censorship, but the quieting of people mm -hmm. like people afraid to post too much. I did see that I had Tamimi was, um, arrested and it looked horrifying just to see the, the look on her face. Um, mm -hmm. and you yourself here have experienced, um, some censorship on your social media. Um, Rashid, uh, Talib, one of our members of Congress, the only Palestinian member was censored or whatever that word is, um, basically trying to quiet her. And she said she will not be quiet. And uh, we got that clip. We'll place that at the end here if we have time. Um, but talk about um, the silencing of voices or and and not only the silencing of like your family who has to watch what they say and may not do what they want to do on social media, but also yourself here that um, your post will get blocked, your accounts will get um, um, put taken down. So uh, talk about that. Let's talk about you first and what's been happening with you as you try to spread information. So censorship started for me around seven years ago on social media. And I remember being one of the first people to notice that this has been happening. And I'm friends with a lot of major activists. I'm very close with them. They're my comrades. And I would ask them, hey, you know, is this, this is happening to me. Is this happening to you? Because, you know, some of them have more of a following than I do. And they weren't at the time. Um, their accounts weren't uh, taken down and they weren't being as shadow banned as I was for whatever reason I must have been flagged very early on and I was looking for anybody to understand and nobody was I couldn't find at that time I couldn't find anybody that was experiencing what I was experiencing so as everyone would say just make a new account yeah sure I I tried that believe me I wouldn't be asking you if I didn't already try um and I I, it didn't work. And then, of course, I knew some people who work in the tech industry and in the fraud industry, um, like with banking systems, and, and they, they create like fraud programs. And they told me about how they had these programs of where they do flag people in the same way you you, you become flagged in the same way uh, someone that's committing fraud would be flagged. It's It's essentially almost the same program. And so I had to learn that what they do is they they know your IP address, so that becomes flagged, and then they your device also gets flagged, and all of these things, because I tried to open different accounts 
on my laptop, for example, that didn't work. Um, another phone that didn't work. Going to a coffee shop and trying to open an account there that didn't work. And I took a really hard blow um, a few years ago. I, I had a really successful page on Instagram, and it was called Palestine Freedom Project, and I, it was growing. I it, it stopped at fourteen thousand, um, and these were all legitimate followers you know at that time you couldn't even buy followers I know people do that on TikTok where they have some way of like buying followers I don't even know how to do that but you know at that time I I had real followers and I was in DC when this happened to me I was making a speech um, in front of the White House and I couldn't understand why they what was which post was it that got me censored and got me completely banned for years off of Instagram for years? And um, what I was thinking was, aside from me doing live videos of the the marches, I I have a Jewish friend who um, is from the East Coast originally. He always wears. Um, a Palestinian, he was wearing a shirt from uh, Palestine Freedom Project, a sweatshirt, but he always holds a sign that says, I'm Jewish and I'm against the occupation and something along those lines. And I did post a video and a picture. And I remember that was the first time I saw, like, my phone was blowing up. It, it, the, 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 the actual, like, Instagram wasn't even able to... It was basically, it was essentially getting viral. And I've never seen that happen like before my eyes. Usually, you know, put my phone down, I open it. Oh, I see about 30, 40 likes. Okay. But this was going so fast that I, I, I couldn't even see the numbers. And so were my followers. And then I just thought it was glitching. And each time it, it started glitching until it completely banned me. And... It wasn't happening to anybody yet. It wasn't happening to any of the major um, social media sites until it started to. And then we started having actual vocabulary. And now these days we use uh, things, words like doxing and shadow banning and, and all these things where we didn't have those words earlier. You know, even just in 2014, these, these are all relatively recent words that we're using and so um, now it's happening to everybody. And it's so ridiculous that it's gotten to the point where you put any little picture of what's happening in Gaza or Palestine and they either block it and they say that it's too graphic or they take it down. It's really even, you can't even have an opinion. You You really don't have any freedom of speech anymore. Um, you basically feel like you're in elementary school and you, you got to listen to what your teacher has to say or else you'll get in trouble. You know, you'll get a call to your parents. That's how it feels like on social media. You can't say anything anymore. Wow. Well, thank you for that explanation of what's been happening to you. And we don't have a lot of time left. Let me ask you, what are you going to continue to do? Because as I mentioned in the beginning, at least speaking for myself, um, a lot of times I'm feeling helpless. I can't stop the bomb. Sometimes I feel like just going to do something that I should be able to do and go enjoy something 
I, I can't really enjoy it. Cause I think of what is going on or maybe there's a, an action happening that I feel like I should be at the action. I shouldn't go mm-hmm. on the bus trip and enjoy myself. I need to go out and protest or I feel like if I miss one, you know, you know, I'm letting myself down, but what are you going to continue to do um, to get the word out about Palestine to stop this genocide? Don't stop talking about Palestine. And if you can't make it to um, an action, what I suggest is, you know, support Palestinian businesses. Wear something, wear a kufiya, wear a shirt that says Palestine on it. People ask, it It does bring, um, people want, want to know more about it. And that gives you the opportunity to at least educate people who are interested in learning about Palestine. But, you know, just don't stop talking about Palestine. Don't stop posting on social media. It, they can't ban us all. They certainly can't. Um, Israel has gotten so desperate that Netanyahu essentially begged Secretary Blinken to do something about social media because we're winning the battle in that sense. So that's what I suggest. If you can't attend um, every action, you know, that's okay. Try to attend one. Um, wherever you can, different places have different times and different days. And um, just keep posting on social media, wear something that's Palestinian, wear your kufiyas, wear your shirts. And um, that's, that's the, that's the least you can do. And also just pray, pray for us, you know, that that's also something that could be very helpful. And just, just, just reaching out to even Palestinians and and letting them know that hey you hear us because even though now more and more people are aware of the cause and and I'm very grateful for that it still will always feel like um a little bit of a surprise when someone that isn't Palestinian is aware about the cause it's always nice to hear from somebody that they do support us especially in this government right now where we're feeling a sense of estrangement from our government Another thing you can do is urge your congressmen, your local uh, representatives um, to, to urge an end to the genocide and the occupation of Palestine. That's really important. There's a lot of ways you can text and call um, your local representatives. That's, that's the best. That's the least you can do, I guess. Thank you for that. And then um, I guess I could wrap it up with this. We talked briefly before we started recording this interview about alternative media and um, tell folks where you get most of your information and how you get it. And then if there is any sources that we can log into, um, let us know what those are. How are you getting your on the ground information? I get my on-the-ground um, information through Arabic sites, mainly on um, texting, social media sites like Telegram. And um, you can start from following El Quds network, but it's a lot of them are in Arabic, and that's where you're going to get the latest and you know the best sources because it's going to be from uh, people on the ground but then there are a lot of them that are on Instagram too and if you follow my Instagram I share these reporters stories on my reels or whatever you call it I I just opened an an Instagram that finally worked for me after about five six years um so I'm I feel like I have to learn all over again 
but I do post um, a lot of great sources on my Instagram and on my Facebook as well. Um, and Al Jazeera Arabic, I recommend that. I always have that on in the background. You see what's happening live and you also get the latest updates of uh, the martyrs, unfortunately. And how can people follow that Instagram? What's the at? And um, how can people follow you on other social media? So my Instagram is D 0 And I can give that to you. Um, I can give you the link. And also Layla Darwish um, on Facebook. That's what I have so far. Um, so many of my pages. I've, I've gotten my TikTok pages taken down. I had two that reached... One reached 14k. One reached 15k. I feel like that's the that that's the number that's gonna get me banned. It's just when I reach the 14k or the 15k, that's when my page gets taken down. Um, so those are places where you can find. Um, I'll, I put a lot of good resources on my on my Instagram and on my Facebook. Definitely, and that's what led me to you, and that's why you're here tonight. Again, that is uh, my the voice of my special guest tonight, Layla Darwish. If you missed those social media links, as always, we will post links to that on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. Um, Layla, it was great to get you on. I'm so glad that we got to. I'll continue to follow you on your social media and uh, hopefully we can get you on some other shows here at KPFA and of course, get you back on full circle. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Keep speaking truth to empire. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it so much. Hey all welcome back to full circle right here on 94.1 FM KPFA and KPFA.org part of the Pacifica radio network. You just heard my special guest, Layla Darwish, Palestinian-American and social justice activist. Next up, we're going to head out to the streets of Oakland as hundreds of people turned out for the Indigenous People's Solidarity Rally for Palestine. The event was co-organized by George Galvis of Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice, a.k.a. Courage or Curry J., I'm sure with plenty of support from other local organizations like AROC and uh, Palestinian Youth Movement. So this clip is going to kick off with the voices of Palestinians. First will be Sharif Zakud of AROC. Next up after that will be Nadia of the Palestinian Youth Movement. And we'll close out with a couple of songs from the All Nations Singers. And just a quick reminder, I did... Um, record video of the entire event and I'll be posting that on the First Voice Media Facebook page as soon as possible. So be sure to follow and like the First Voice Media Facebook page and I'll be posting the videos of the entire event um, there ASAP. So let's check this out. This is sounds from the Indigenous Solidarity Rally last night in Oakland. The next relative we are bringing up, my comrade, my brother, we traveled last year to Egypt together to stand in solidarity and in international solidarity with all our people struggling to be free, representing the Palestine nation and A-Rock. Give it up for my brother, Sharif.
Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing tonight? My name is Sharif Zakut. I'm with the Arab Resource and Organizing Center at AROC. I want to do a lot. I want to do something a little bit differently tonight. Many of you, I see a lot of familiar faces. Many of you, if you've been out on the streets, and I know y'all have been out in the streets because the Bay Area shows up. I want to share a little bit about what's happening here at home with the Palestinian community. I have family in Gaza. I have eight members of my family who've died in this past month. Eight members. Five of them were children. Twelve, ten, six, four, and two years old. A close friend of mine has a nephew in the rubble that's been there for the last two weeks. Another friend of mine, 14 members of their family gone. Yesterday, an elder in my community, 63 members of his family gone in a month. And I share this because I, I want us to really recognize the impact. I'm not unique in any way. You know it's a genocide when every single person in your community has lost multiple people in their family. And we know this didn't start on October 7th. But for the last month, I've been reflecting a lot about hope. What does it mean to stay hopeful for our futures, for a dignified living, for a free Palestine, for a world that we all feel we can share together and be proud of? I'll be honest with you, it's been hard. But it's our duty to maintain that hope because we know our families back on the ground are fighting, putting their lives on the line because they see an endpoint, they see a free Palestine, they see a dignified living. And so I wanna share with you all what's been bringing me hope in this moment because the level of dehumanization is real, man. They don't even look at us like people. We have to prove ourselves as people before they'll even listen to us. But I wanna share what gives me hope now. What gives me hope is all of you out here tonight showing solidarity with Palestine. And not just in this last month, but when we made the connections between the state of Israel literally using our people as a testing ground for weapons to be sold and then brought to our law enforcement here to be used on black and brown communities, you know what we did? We shut down Urban Shield. That's what we did. We saw the shit happening in Israel and we were like, you know what, not our dollars. And you know what we did? We shut down the Port of Oakland in 2014. And to this day, to this day, Oakland workers are the only workers in the United States that refuse to touch Israeli ships. Yeah. 
What gives me hope is seeing the large amount of actions happening all over the world that reminds us that we are saying that we are on the right side of history, that the people all around the world see this and they do not stand with the state of Israel. What gives me hope are the students who have been organizing to walk out. I'm talking about high school, middle school, and college age students. I'm talking about all the people who said, you know what? I want no part of apartheid. I want no part of genocide. And have been brave enough to step up against their employers on the right side of history as well. And so I'm reminded that even though them over there, they don't care about our humanity. And that's not just on the Palestinians, that's all of us. They don't care about our humanity. But we here in the Bay Area, we take care of each other. So we will continue to honor our martyrs. We'll continue to honor our dead. And every day we will keep fighting for our living. Let me get a long live international solidarity. Long live international solidarity. So, thank you. Um, I want to just end off by saying first that if you have Palestinians in your life, show them some love because we're all going through it right now. But also, y'all are giving us the most hope right now. We cannot do this alone. It's all of us or none, right? Next, I want to bring in representatives of the Palestinian Youth Movement. Come on up, y'all. Give it up for our loved ones. My name is Nadia. I'm born and raised here, and I'm first generation. I was the only Palestinian at my high school other than my cousin growing up. That was Berkeley High. And fundamentally, when I went to college, we were indicted at the age of 17 in a federal investigation that took three and a half years and the conflation was that our organizing on campus to speak about the issues of our people made Jewish students physically unsafe. That by my voice, I was physically harming Jewish students. And let me tell y'all something. The club at UC Santa Cruz was mixed with Jews and Palestinians, black and indigenous and Asian and Latinx organizers. When we look around, and we see a multi-generational, multi-racial coalition of people staying with Palestine, and on the Zionist side of things, we see old white folks, you know where the politics lie. You know where that consistency is. And so it really, really means the world to me to see y'all out here. And for the folks who put this together, thank you. The solidarity, y'all coming out here to say this is not just the Palestinian struggle. This is for us too. This is our struggle too. We see you. And it means the world because our hearts are breaking. Other folks might not tell you this, but for those of us who are Palestinian,
any information, they're going to go to jail. My village is Yaffa and Nid. We're from the quote-unquote mixed area of Tel Aviv. It's called the ghetto. And the day after October 7th, the men in our village were rounded up and taken to jail. And that's where they are right now. And so the world is looking at us. Palestine is looking at us. And they see us. They see us here. And that means everything to them. Because it means that we are not isolated. We are not forgotten. We are not alone. And when we talk about fighting for a free Palestine in our lifetime, it means now, y'all. marks over 31 days of brutal bombardment of our people in Gaza and continued attacks in the West Bank in Jerusalem and in 48. We have over 11,000 Palestinians that have been massacred and we have thousands of people who are missing under the rubble. We have almost 4,000 children that have been killed. But we don't even know the true number. And our sick and our injured are slowly dying in hospitals with no fuel or supplies. Our folks who are differently abled, who have different health issues, are being killed because they can't access the health that they need. That's called eugenics. Yeah, that's right. And there is nowhere safe in Gaza. And it's astonishing to me because the people in Gaza with no food and no water and no medicine and no safe shelter for almost a month are showing us so much courage. But our elected officials here and our representatives here with food and water and safe shelter and safe harbor, they're the cowards. Cowards. And y'all might have heard me say this before, but we have a saying in Arabic. And it's that you may die once, but a coward dies a thousand times. Yeah. 
indigenous people to resist colonization, nor will we be the last. We Palestinians are not isolated. We are part of a long history of people's struggle. And that means that we will not be defeated. Even in the darkest hour, our people have given the ultimate sacrifice, yeah. imprisonment, martyrdom. But it is not in vain. We promise, we make a commitment to you, our people, that we will never abandon our struggle, no matter the cost. <laughs> Gaza will continue to resist. Palestine will continue to resist. And we here in the United States, the so-called United States, will continue to fight until our homeland is liberated and our people are free. And with that, Oakland, it makes me proud to be from here. It makes me proud to be here. Until liberation and return, we are committed to return to our homeland. And inshallah, on that day, we can host you all as visitors there. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. so that they can receive the energy and the blessings from these songs that are being offered. So here to introduce uh, all nation singers. Good evening, folks. We are the all nation singers uh, tonight. Uh, there was a, a special intentional request to bring out our, our jingle just dancers. They say this dance, uh, came at a time of sickness, a time of, of need for, for, for healing, uh, for balance. And so this, this dress was constructed. Um, and again, it has medicine, just like all these rhythms. There's no, there's no um, question of why and how all these drums came here tonight. Those vibrations are real. The power and the energy and the intention of them are very, very real. And so we, we pray today uh, with everybody here and internationally, uh, again, like we have, uh, you know, a lot of us here, we're gonna go home to our apartments or to our houses and stuff like that. But really the intention here is not about us, it's about the praying for those people on the other side, praying for those people on Palestine, praying for that ceasefire and putting the energy, laying it down here so that it stops. That we pressure those people in, in what, what we think is power, what's been framed as power, we push them to, to seize that fire and to seize aid. 
So we're gonna um, we're gonna sing a song for our jingle dress dancers, and then right after that, we're gonna go into a song of resistance. It's it's commonly known as the American Indian Movement song, and again, these songs have been sung for years and years and generations. Again, at times where there's a, a need for resistance, a need for presence, and so we're gonna sing that song second. Uh, so dancers, get out. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for pictures, archive shows, and important links and information related to tonight's show. Also, please like and follow the First Voice Media Facebook page, where we post live videos and other videos and material that doesn't always make it to the radio. 
Also, remember, tomorrow, November 11th, Reimagine Antioch will be holding a rally on the steps of the Antioch Police Department to demand justice and accountability for the racist, hateful, and violent behavior towards the Antioch community. That's tomorrow. Folks will be gathering at the Antioch Police Department at noon, and speakers will be going on at 1 p.m. That's 300 L Street in Antioch. And for the Fresno folks listening on KFCF, Tomorrow in Fresno, there'll be a Stand Up for Palestine rally. People will be gathering at 5 p.m. at Blackstone and Knees. That's N-E-E-S. They are inviting you to come raise your voice for Palestine. Again, for our Fresno folks, raise your voice for Palestine. 5 p.m. at Blackstone and Knees. That's tomorrow at 5 p.m. All the information will be posted on kpfaapprentice.org just after the show and the First Voice Media Facebook page. Shout out to the Full Circle crew, Miss M, the Executive Director, and me, of course, Freewell and Franklin. I have been your host tonight. I'm also the Technical Director for this show, Full Circle. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, this is more important than ever. While you're out there, to please protect your health, but also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone.